Hi guys, Mike and Ethan here. Just letting you know, uh, we decided to try our different format this week. We're going to pre-record the show and release it about the same time we normally would do the stream. Oh, you bastard. Yeah, there's nothing to worry about. Same great content that we normally give you. Just seeing if this format works a little bit better for us. Guys, it's uh, me, Ethan. We've been uh, body swapped. Oh, fine, yeah, it's me, Mike. We've been Freaky Friday'd. Freaky Friday. <laughs> awesome. What's up, folks? Welcome to Mate It So. I am Ethan, and of course, is my good friend Mike. Say hello, Mike. Hello, Mike. We're here to talk about this week's great episode of Strange New Worlds. Spock-a-mock. Dun-dun-dun. So, why don't we uh, do non-spoilers first, uh, still? So, what did you think of the episode? I loved it. I had a lot of fun this week. Um, th this is definitely the comedy episode that we've been promised. Yeah. Um, lots, lots going on. Great pacing this episode. Constant, constant hits. Um, what about you? I, I, I liked it very much. Um, you know, all the comedy with Spock uh, really works for me because that's where the comedy in TOS came from anyway, really. Um, those interactions with Spock more than anyone else. So all that stuff really worked for me. Maybe some of the comedy outside of that, not as much, but all, but all good still. Uh, yeah, it's to be expected as well. This is Spock in his, in his, his young and awkward stage. Um, if, yeah. if you can get yeah. more he, awkward, he's uh, he's still finding himself, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, very much. This is um, it's 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 the life of it's Spock, the Wonder Years. Yeah, yeah. And you know that it's it's shown not only with his comedy and he. Um, I, I always had a problem with TNG when they data in the later seasons is always like, oh, what do you mean this? And it's like. Jesus, it's an idiom. Load them into your brain yeah. by now. Um, you've worked around us for the last seven years at the very least, and we've been saying this sort of stuff day after day. Load it into your mind. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Whereas Spock is still, you know, relatively fresh here. Definitely. I, uh, I have a, um, a list. So, if you liked the Voyager episode Faces... You will like this episode. If you like the Enterprise episodes Babel 1 and Two Days, Two Nights, you will like this episode. Oh, yes. If you liked if you liked A Mock Time, you will like this episode. If you liked Voyagers, Body and Soul, you will like this episode. And if you liked either of the Hollywood movies... Freaky Fridays, you will like this episode. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's fantastic. By what we've just said there, Freaky Friday, you can kind of guess what sort of I think, episode like, it yeah, is. Yeah, I think, like, I think, I, I don't think it's too much for spoiler to say that this is a body swap episode, because it's, it's going to be out there. I, I was going to say, gonna we be, can kind of spoil anything that place. happens... We can spoil anything that happens before the, the credits start, but that's 20 minutes into the episode. So um, yeah. we're on a body swap episode, which is, um, you know... It, Fun! Yeah. 
bit of, bit of fun, bit of fun. Yeah. You know, and it's downtime from, um, you know, having constant action or needing action. Like there's one proper punch thrown in the episode. Yes. Um, and and a dream proper sequence. Proper punch as well. Good, good solid. It's a it's a good solid punch. Yeah. But that that is it for when it comes uh, to action, other than a dream sequence. So, you know, there, there's no one running in this. I don't think. It's a nice reprieve from last week, which was a pretty heavy episode. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone, the crew. And and the audience, I think, needed needed a bit of a reprieve. Yeah. Um, if you are, if when people are inevitably like binge watching this season, mm. this this episode's going to be a nice relief. Yeah. And I think it, you know, as you say, it's a nice relief for the crew because at least a couple of them died, and they were all, you know, hot, sweaty submarine combat last week, and you can see this as a kind of. Oh, you know, Federation going, well, if, if your people die, you probably need some time to, uh, A, fix the ship, which they did, mm-hmm. and B, you know, maybe go see a, sh- a shrink, do some yoga in a park. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. Um, go do some magic mushrooms. Yeah. Um, go, um, I don't know, what, what else do people do when they get away from stuff? Go to, like, a healing center. Mm. Um Actually, no, don't. Those are usually um, veiled recruitment centers for, for cults. cults. Yeah. Um, they need some R and R. Yeah, and it's a bit weird it coming this early in the season. Probably, mm. I say that because we're five episodes in, but it's also the midpoint of the season because we've only got a, a ten season run. Yeah, you know, if it if it was five and episodes like... in in a twenty four episode season, it would feel very strange. Um, but we're halfway in now. I'm just gonna see. Do we know how long? Do we know how long the um, like gaps between each episodes actually are? Because like, well, without getting into spoiler territory, the star dates are all over yeah. the place. Star, so, star dates like, make no sense. Don't really in know. This, you know, copying the TOS <laughs> one. But I, I, I do think at the start they say about um, you know coming off that journey from the last episode because that they talk about repairing the ship, I believe. Hmm. Um. So it it can't be that far on, and maybe you know it took them a month to walk back from wherever they were. Um, yeah, potentially. Yeah, because uh, after last week, ship wasn't in such good shape. No, no. But yeah, it's it's all fixed up now. Um, we've already swept out that guy who uh, Kyle tried to save. Um, he's cleaned off the bulkhead now, uh, and it yeah. and it's back to yep. a shiny ship. Yeah, George Kirk, wherever he is, he's been he's been revived. <laughs> Poor George um, Kirk. Or he's currently being revived. Yeah. Or he's currently dying somewhere elsewhere. Yeah. He he must be dying elsewhere because he's not a any issue for Mbenga this week, from what we see. Or or he is, and he's just like ah. Yeah. He could stay dead for a few days. <laughs> just put him on ice. I'm cocking out. Chunk. Yeah. Put put him on ice and uh, I'll fix him after we get back um, from fly fishing with J.R. Hartley. <laughs> so do you want to talk talk the episode and talk spoilers anyway? Sure, yes, absolutely. Spoiler so, warning. Spoiler warning. Dun, dun, dun. So un- unsurprisingly, you know, by the title of the episode, it's a Spock episode. Um, mm-hmm. Spock comedy, Sp- all good. Starts Spock off with him. 
Spock a mock. Spock a mock. And Spock was a mock. He was indeed. He, he was ran indeed. a mock. The, the title obviously referencing TOS. A mock. Yes. Um, yes. And, and that's how we're starting. We're starting pretty much with the fight scene from A Mock Time. Um, yes. In, in Spock's dreams, in his nightmares. And he's <sighs> fighting as the human version of him. Um, because T'Pring doesn't want to marry a human. Um, he's, or in his mind, in his dreams, T'Pring doesn't want to marry the human side of Spock. So he has to fight yeah. the Vulcan side of Spock in the um, Calafi. So yeah. with, with the same... It's, uh, it's, it's, which, but which is the... which Who's... It comes up again later on in the episode, but like, which Spock is experiencing the dream? Is he experiencing this dream from both perspectives? Is he experiencing the dream from the human Spock's perspective? Or is he experiencing it from the Vulcan Spock's perspective? Because like, I did some... I did some looking up. I know a bit of like I know a bit of psychology, mm. just from having like mental health issues, yeah. and um, a lot of dream theories are theories. They are loose theories. Yeah, they are they're, they're guesses. They're they're wild guesses at best. But a lot of time when you're looking at um, that kind of duality, it's usually about you know addressing aspects of yourself that mm. you deny. But you know the things that you know deep down in your core. What Jung, what Carl Jung would call the shadow. Yeah. So, you so know, my, my, who, who is the shadow? Who is the shadow? My interpretation of it of it is we are Spock is dreaming. He is human Spock. So the Spock, you know, it kind of follows is the human Spock, um, mm-hmm. and he's dreaming. He's only that one, and he's mentally wrestling with the you know, the racism that Vulcans have because, you know, mm. throughout Star Trek all the way through, um, there's a reason why there's a baseball episode of, of DS9 um, with, you know, racism from the mm-hmm. Vulcans. And that's because they kind of see, they're kind of snooty and see everyone a bit below them. And mm-hmm. he's got to deal with that, especially with marrying or being engaged to Pring recently, as of episode one. And fighting oh um is she gonna want to marry you know does she still want to marry me um not only because i run out to do star trekking stuff all the time yeah but because i'm half human i'm a a half human and with that becomes being unreliable yeah and you know they're racist towards that they do a cool thing when like when his ears first disappear and she goes like oh your ears um and he goes like oh no and then he looks at himself like doing emotion and he's like Okay <laughs> Emotion Wait, What am I showing? Yeah. And then uh, sto- stoic moment. um Vulcan spot comes out and you know they Yeah man. the music swells. It's the music that we all like to do. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I don't know what it is, but yeah. like human spark, Vulcan spark, like Vulcan spark. A lot more attractive. Really? really? Just saying. Just saying. A lot more attractive. Might be an eyebrows thing. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe. I think it's. I think it's edgy and it's different. Okay. You know. And also, he's he's wearing all black, so he's kind of goth. And I like goth. Yeah. Goth. Um. I also. Yeah. It's like you say. Like you know. 
Spock is, for lack of a better word, biracial. Yeah, yeah. And in my digging into some of the dream theories, the co- the closest kind of um, analogies that I could that I could find to Spock's dream are, you know, in cases of um, you know people wrestling with their racial identity. It's what yeah. happens in um, in the Voyager episode Faces with Balana. That's the episode where you know she splits in two and she's yeah. you know she's confronted with the you know her Klingon. She's a human and there's a Klingon half. You know, in you know, in physical form, uh, and the two kind of make amends. Um, yeah, kind of realize no, that they no, need each other. Yeah, yeah. No, no, like actual sort of denouement to that. Like the the dream kind of, we don't go back to the dream really. We talk about it, but we don't go back to it. We he doesn't have a second dream where he, where he hugs, where he hugs his Vulcan slash human self. They do kind of go back to it um, with the bed talk way later in the episode because then he, um, you know, Chapel is is his sounding board all the way through the episode, really. Um, yes. And one of the things Chapel says to him is, you know, just be honest with her. So he goes and says, uh, you know, he's like, well, but my human side and, you know. And that's after he's experienced the, the racism that's put on to Pring for um, being engaged. The other meaning that I could glean from the dream, mm. it's, 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 that, it's like that old um, Native American saying. Akuchimoye. Within Akuchimoye. <laughs> we are far from the, um, the bones of my ancestors. Within, within each of us, there are two spots. Yeah. A, a, a good spot and a bad spot. Mm. And, you know, which... which which Spock will you let control you? Yeah. The one you feed. Hmm. Yeah. That's how that saying goes, right? Yeah. Two wolves. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wolves! Not Spocks. Spocks or wolves. Oh, right. So close. So close. Nah, never mind. I'll, I'll scratch it out. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll edit that out. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure if, um, you know... Native Americans knew about Spock. The the saying would be, "There's two Spocks inside of you." Hey, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> but we we get get all the all the fight, and there's the shaking like tambourine bell, whatever's, and you know all of it's all of it's picked out from um, a mock time. Oh yeah. You know Spot on. that weird um, the the symbol, the massive symbol, whatever it is. That's like a weird hexagon or whatever it has a name um they've got that they've got the lurpers the the fighting sticks with a with you know what looks like a weight on the end of it mm-hmm. and a knife blade on the other um spock also like human spock does the role does a captain kirk role and then he gets slashed across the um his chest just like uh, kirk does as well so it, it's it's pretty much heavy lifting from from a mock time yeah. completely um, moves and all. Well, if he's if he's split into his human halves, like obviously the Vulcan half knows the Vulcan martial art, and mm. Spock, human Spock knows the standardized martial art of um, the Federation Starfleet, which is of course yeah. Kirk Fu. Who knows? Like in in his dream, he might even think he might be smart enough to think because he's Spock that the human half of him will be weaker. And it'll have a hard time, harder time breathing on Vulcan yeah. than um, yeah. Vulcan Spock. 
Oh, is that thing? Yeah. Um, but it's a nightmare, and we wake up, and it's you know Spock doing a uh, a log. Ugh. He's talking about yeah. <laughs> doing a log. Doing doing a log. Oh, he was recording his he was recording his thing on the toilet. Yeah. Should have ended it with a flush. He he does end his log log with, and I needed to, or he, he says something to the effect, and I needed to, and the door chime goes, and he says, "Come." Um, so <laughs> I think they're doing that anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, He's just like, "Hello, yes, yeah. come in, yes, come in, like, come in, come." come. And he, he's 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 got his lute on the wall and stuff like that, or whatever instrument it is. You know. Yep. So yep. All, all good place then. Um, yep. If 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 Spock's anything like me, that whole place was a fucking shithole up until about an hour before <laughs> she came round. It's usually, it's usually, oh, I tidy my flat. And even still, when Spring arrives, she's like, oh, not a fan of these quarters. Not a, not a fan of the decor oh, here. Yeah, no, not at all. Like there was a, there was a, there was a lot of subtext to be read in that whole yeah. thing. Where it's just, she's basically just like, sorry, mate, getting rid of this whole fucking man cave situation you've got going on. Look at you with your tidy place, but that with a loot going... on the wall. That I'm going to remove that loot and destroy yeah. it. Yeah, you are not playing that fucking loot while I'm trying to get yeah. work done. Um, but, you know, she... They have that... Why is that weird greeting they give each other? It, it's what, what is it's it quite nice, like, other? the parted from me and never parted. So, like... Oh, always never... Always never touching. Touching. Yeah. Always never it's touching. It's like, oh, we, we weren't physically with each other, but you were always with me or whatever never parted um or parted from me and never parted so like you've been taken from me physically but you've haven't been taken from my thoughts so that's very nice i thought there's like vulcan sort of like i don't know i guess an idiot is it an idiom like you know they're they're very like just a string of words live long and prosper peace and Mm -hmm. long life always never touching Makes sense because it's kind of formulaic, and you know yeah. what it means. Like you know, it's like, it's like poetry, it, <laughs> you know, as well. It's, it's like yeah. poetry. It's like maths. It's like when they do maths with music, but it's like maths with music but with words. Talking, <laughs> yeah. That, that, yes. Yeah. It's like talking. It's like talking, um, but to brings over, um, you know in the Starbase because they didn't get to um, fuck as much as they wanted to on their engagement night, pretty much. Um, so she's over to uh, get it. Yeah, that the, the sub, like I said, a lot of subtext. A lot of subtext going on, and it's just like, yeah, what aren't they saying? Mm-hmm. I rewatched the scene twice because I was like, what is going on here? Are they fighting? Are they... Yeah, they, they <laughs> like, kind of are, they... though, where it's like, she's still like... Angry about the duty and leaving for his duty, um, peace. It's like, yeah, you left last time, and even though I've got a job to do at the moment, because you know she has a job now, and that's rehabilitating criminals, and that's pretty much apparently just going up to Vulcan criminals and saying, logic's pretty good, and you uh, you probably want to be logical and come back rather than not be logical. The way her job is described. Uh, at first, I was mm-hmm. like, "That's really cool. That's how all 
crib, like it's basically like she goes out, looks. She's kind of like a bounty hunter in a way. Um, she's going yeah. out for the looking for the criminals, and instead of like, well, she brings them in, but she's like, we're going to bring you to like a nice Scandinavian mm. style center parks prison where yeah. you will be rehabilitated, and you, you know you, you know, become a, a functioning member of society. Yeah, which is which. We'll sit with you and study Surak or something like yeah, that, and get like, you um, back on track. That sound that sounded wonderful. Yeah. I was like, that's cool, man. Yeah. That's how all prisons should be done everywhere. Um, but the the, yeah. it, the 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 that's not what it looks like later in the episode. Nah. <laughs> but but she's she's saying you know she's supposed to be on a job as well because the criminal that she's hunting has you know said that. He's on Starbase One as well and wants to talk. Mm. But she said, you know, I know I've got a duty as well. I've got a job to do, but I've kind of like pawned that off to one of my mates so we can spend time together. And Spock is like, no, I, un- I understand that, you know. Um, but but Spock's got work to do because there's um, treaty stuff. Delegation. You know, um, delegation to be done. Yeah, love that. Uh, Love that. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, we kind of then go off and see the rest of the crew going on shore leave, really. Mm. So I think let, let's talk about, because there's a A plot in this, and well, there's an A, B, and C plot, really, in mm-hmm. this. And A plot being Freaky Friday, B plot being um, the, uh, the talking to the new race and, you know, trying to make alliances there. And then there's the C plot. Everyone, um, everyone, sure leave. In particular, Una and Laan. Laan. Yeah. yeah, there is there is a and... lot going on in this episode. Like, um, I started yeah. hunting down like who directed this episode, and like trying to you know see what mm-hmm. what other like what other episodes they might have done. Rachel Leiterman. Leiterman. I'm gonna say Leiterman. Um, she's directed some episodes of The Man in the High Castle, Lost in Space, Battlestar Galactica, uh, New Amsterdam, that new series Billy the Kid. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of like life stories series about like historical figures coming out on Disney Plus. If you know it, <laughs> yeah. Like I saw, I, l- I went on to Disney Plus and I saw a series about the Sex Pistols. Next to a series about the fucking Wu Tang Clan on Disney Plus, and I was like, mm. "What is going on? What? How? What happened? To, what happened to Punk? What, uh, why a fucking yeah. Wu Tang Clan on Disney? So mad. What's going on? Anyway, all anti-establishment because they've got on their um, what's the um, NWA." Um, movie as well yeah NWA. yeah yeah straight out uh, they've yeah, got that on yeah, there yeah. as well and it's like disney anti-establishment <laughs> yes thanks disney yeah thanks massive corporation that keeps acquiring other corporations <laughs> i'll love it in in 10 years time when i can either watch a disney show on disney plus or I can uh, break out an old Disney DVD or uh, I can watch, you know, non-Disney stuff by trying desperately to find Physical media. Gross. It's a weird one. Ew. Ew. 
That's why we can't wait until Paramount Plus hits the UK in June 22nd or so. I will absolutely pay for that. I might, I might. I'll be the one person in the UK that will pay for it, really. Because I'm a sucker. Uh, I'll keep handing them money until they give me a um, DS9 remaster, and then I'll hand them more money to watch that as well. Um, but where, where were we? Yes. Let, let's let's talk about the the C plot in one because otherwise we're jumping backwards and forwards. Um, so Una and Laan, and you know it it kind of kicks off that plot with they're transporting um, Umbenga, Chapel, and Ortegas down to uh, the starbase or down to one of the pods in the starbase, um, and Umbenga lets slip that. Number one is called... Um, yeah, where fun goes fun to die. Funeral. I'm sorry, right? Uh, where fun right? goes to die. Where fun goes to die, right? That's horrible. Yeah. That That is a horrible thing to say about someone. Yeah. If I found out that people were saying that about me, I would I would have cried. Mm. I would have cried if someone said that about me. Like, that's... Yeah. And she's just like, no, it's fine. I'm just like, oh, my God, I would be fucking heartbroken. If this sword said that about yeah. me. It's definitely affected her, but she's keeping it, you know, it inside anyway. That's um, horrible. And her and, you know, Lana talking about it and, you know, kind of like... They're, they're both very much the same when it comes to, um, you know, we don't want to have stereotypical fun. We like our job and, you know, we get enjoyment out of our job. Absolutely. So... yeah. Like we're not missing anything by not going down to a plane. I don't. I don't. Down to like the like even saying that. Like Una's lots of fun. Una's, Una's a lot of fun. She was edgy. She she had yeah, she yeah. had a she had a big meal in that episode of Discovery. She yeah. She 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 wore a leather jacket that time. All all the fun. All the fun. Una's cool. <laughs> but no, not everyone has to get fun in the same manner. And if she enjoys her job, if that's fun for her, no. like at the start of the season, I suppose she didn't have shore leave. She didn't grow a massive beard like Pike did. No, um, she went off on a survey mission, kind of by herself or with two other people, because that's what yeah. she enjoys. That's why she joined Starfleet to get kidnapped and held hostage on an alien planet. That's that's gotta be on Enterprise Bingo. You'd, you'd think, but apparently not. Um, so we get Laan and Umbeng, uh, Laan and Una talking about it. When suddenly the, you know, Laan gets a notification because she's head of security that there's someone that shouldn't be in an airlock in an airlock. Yeah, and they you know run down, phases pulled, and find out it's two young officers. You know, they look like kids to me, you know, <laughs> these 20-year-olds. Yeah. <laughs> I, say. I was I was expecting, like, oh, shit, are we going to get one of those everyone's on shore leave, but there's two officers left on the ship, like in the TNG episode. I don't think I wrote it down. Shore leave, maybe. It's um, one, one, zero, one, 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 that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because that's the way the binary yeah, skill is shit. that one. But the, these guys, or, or these characters then gets um, stuck in a detention room and because La'an and Una enjoy their jobs, they joke about you know, La'an's like, I'm going to be the bad cop and he's like, damn, you know <laughs> it's like, oh you should have been faster because you know, they, they enjoy each other's company because mm-hmm. they've known each other longer than the series and longer than most of the crew 
Um, yeah. She's got to be on it, you know? It's like when you're calling shotgun. Yeah. You know? Like, very tall people are very good at calling shotgun. Yeah. First, hmm. when people are going to get, the, to go and get, get in the car. Presumably, La'an would be a terrible good cop. Yeah. And so she knows to... She knows when to, uh, to shout out to get there first. She, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not being fucking good cop after last time. <laughs> it all went wrong. We didn't get anything out of it. Yeah. There was an interesting moment in that um, interrogation where they, they're mm. saying like, oh, we, we're going to stick you on fucking Lieutenant Kyle's duty for a month. And they're like, no, yeah. Lieutenant Kyle, he's so mean. Not Kyle. What? Yeah. Lieutenant Kyle's mean? Yeah, doesn't seem like Wait, a mean guy. He's so smooth. Yeah. I'm trying to remember as well. They they say about cleaning, you know, the the job under Lieutenant Kyle is going to be cleaning the, the transporter pads with a micro cleaner or whatever. And that definitely has been in an episode before. And half me wants to say it's it's Nog that had to do it. <laughs> but in my, in my mind's eye, I can see it being on the TNG transporter pads so it probably wasn't nog and I, I i was trying to search for it before and nothing was turning up and i know i've seen it before somewhere um it's, it's tng but it i can't maybe it's harry it. kim sounds like something they would do to harry kim or maybe trip yeah uh that would that would be so easy to clean though that that transporters you know half a meter square yeah it's one little thing but it's a good little punishment and it's very like it's very um Enterprise is kind of still a bit military vibe-ish. Yeah. Because, like, that's that's the thing that they do in the military. Yeah. Clean the decks. Um, Hoist the main vein. Swab the poop deck. In space! In space! But they, they get out of these two, you know, younger officers, or, or they might even be cadets, I can't remember, um, that they're doing Enterprise Bingo, which was referenced in... Maybe the it wasn't the first episode. Whatever episode that um, was going to Pikes for dinner. Um, but we get Una and La'an decide between them. Or La'an says, you know, if if they say we're missing out on something, we should try and do this Enterprise bingo. Yeah. And then, you know, it's, it's a comedy episode. We're cutting between um, scenes of them doing, you know, fairly humorous stuff. Yeah, it's fa- um, fairly humorous. A lot of it's pretty innocent. Like I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. see it. like a lot of it is not the kind of stuff that you would think someone deserves to like get get into proper trouble about. Don't send yeah. them to Lieutenant Kyle just for like some weird like trying to like trying to call out where the lift goes first. Yeah, that that's such like um, like elementary school. It's like shouting bogeys, if you remember that from, from CBBC. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So do we want to go through the list and we can comment when they actually, on the stuff they actually... I've got the full list. So um, you've got the full list. So just should we just do, first just do the stuff that they do. So the stuff that we see them do, um, first on the list, which we see them do, is use the transporter to reflavor gum. Yeah, that's, that's a weird one. Why is that? How is, what? I, I suppose you know when, when you're when it, you go through the transporter, it must have not the genetic but the the code for gum Fucking loaded hell. into it when it gets transported and it retransports the gum in its uh, original form back into you. What? 
It's a very weird one because that implies, you know, if you if you had a big breakfast or if you like eat a chicken or have a chicken in your mouth and you go in the transport or an egg, what happens? You know, does that, does that rebreed an egg? Oh my uh, God, what if someone comes out of the transporter and they've like two vixed with a chicken in their stomach? Yeah. And it's just like, like, like Modoc, just like a fucking chicken <laughs> in their stomach. Just pecking like Quaid, okay. Quaid, but a chicken <laughs> from yeah. uh, Total Recall. Not Quaid, uh, whatever, yeah, whatever his yeah. name is. Yeah. He's, that's what he says. Quaid! Quaid! I'm surprised. Like, I thought, at first I thought they were using the medical transport, uh, which she's like, okay, how's the flavour? And she goes, tastes like blood. <laughs> What's that, the, is, be... there something, is, that, is there something stuck in the buffer? Yeah. Oh, no, I've ate Umbenga's daughter. <laughs> Ooh, awkward. <laughs> Next one is um, Phaser Stun. Yeah. And I think it's Phaser Stun Club. Phaser so stun it's get hit by the stun of a phaser. That's 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 so dangerous, but like so believable. And like, I'm surprised we haven't seen that before. Like, I I would definitely get in trouble for for doing that. Yeah, we were talking in the in the green room before. Yeah. The you know, rather room. than having laser tag. Yeah. You know, um, you know, you could have phases on the lowest stun setting, um, just running around the lower decks, just shooting each other for yeah. fun. Yeah, totally. Um, and then when holodocs arrive, you know, you could do that in the holodeck as well. Yeah. Well, I mean, they could do it like um, um, I'll say, like in in America, lots of American universities have like they'll have like a sanctioned like Nerf war, and there will be areas because mm. like university, uh, like in in America, them huge they're like small towns yeah and um, and so there'll be like there'll be areas that are safe no nerfing going on there mm. and then there'll be areas where everyone's free game so then like if it was on yeah. if they were doing like phaser tag on the ship they'd just be like oh i'm just nipping down to deck 12 so we'll be like no no, no, no. don't go to deck 12 it's it's not safe yeah it's not safe that's where the nerf war is continuing yeah that's, that's yeah. where yeah it's it's I don't know what's the opposite of safe in tag tig unsafe unsafe yeah. oh yeah you know what I mean what's the opposite of di- here in the UK we yeah. say den they're in like open play open, open play, play yeah those are yeah. those are yeah that'd be a fun game but very dangerous um, then we've got turbo lift shout out two floors at the same time challenge they call it mm. which is the most you know it's the nerdiest stuff in the world really both you just grab onto the handles of a turbo lift, turn it and say where you want to go and see who wins. They're, they're the main ones we see um, during, I suppose, the clip show of them yeah. doing stuff. Um, the other ones on there are set the universal translator to Andorian. Okay. Ooh, so wait, wait why um, is So I, I assume just set, um, set the translator to Andorian so everyone's speaking Andorian apparently. Okay. Does that so? So like, if that's on the bingo, that's happening a lot, is it? So it so it says so it says. Hilarious. Yeah. Um, A gravity boot hang challenge. So presumably getting on your gravity boots and sticking to the ceiling or something like that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um, There's one to do with a medical uh, tricorder, um, and it's. 
I don't know, it says Vulcan something. It's like MARP something. I, I don't know. The, the text Marp? isn't 100% leg legible a, on that one. You got a MARP a Vulcan with a tr medical tricorder. I don't know, it's like... Yeah, that's a bit extreme. Yeah. That's a bit extreme, guys. Can't go can't go around mopping people. I know these these pranks happening continuously. These Vulcans are all over the place. See, like honestly, like for the most part, right? Mm. Like Starfleet is just full of dorks. Yeah, it is full of nerds. It is full like the most of this shit isn't funny. Most no. of, like Ortega's is the only f classically funny one on the crew. Like. Yeah. A lot of these are not a bunch of fucking dorks. Yeah, but I love them. Obviously, there are dorks that, like you know, mo most of them could probably kill me with their bare hands. Oh yeah, but you know that we we start going into like uh, ones that are are more annoying though. So there's replicate a durian fruit. Have you ever um, smelt or tasted durian fruit? Yes. Yeah. Terrible shit. Um, the worst stuff yeah. in the world. Um, I don't think it tastes that bad, but it stinks like fucking oh, yeah, yeah. death. Um, so please, please don't replicate them on, on in the main lounge. You know that these no. guys are lucky that you know the the ship's empty, so they're doing all this stuff, and it's not annoying anyone because the ship's empty. Yeah, but you know if you see do that... this, this is the thing like oh replicate a durian. Ooh. You want to do something really fucking like rebellious. Replicate human shit. Replicate <laughs> some human shit right in the middle of the fucking bridge. Yeah. That that'd be like that'd yeah. be that'd be a fucking statement. That's if if the food fucking. synthesizer goes like, ah, oh, human shit. That's you know, hundred percent we can do that. Yeah. Someone's encoded human shit as a, a yeah. food product. Yeah, you just like just okay, take any food in the formula mm. of the replicator. Mix it with these acids and enzymes, extract all the nutrients, and yeah. replicate for me the product in the captain's chair. They, they could just transport um, shit out your colon, to be fair. They could, yeah. yeah. That's true. That's true. Um, then we get sit, uh, sneak a triple into the transporter buffer. So Umbenga's child is probably mm. surrounded by triples. <laughs> Oh in my her god, nightmare. she's gonna get two vixed yeah. with a triple. She's oh, terrible. This oh my god, she's gonna get two vixed with a triple, and then she's gonna fucking yeah. multiply. And the next thing you know, Mbenga's got a fucking hundreds yeah. of daughters. That that's why it doesn't particularly matter if she dies in the transporter buffer, because there's millions of them in there. Yeah. Yeah, then maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um don't sit in the captain's chair. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Which, that yeah. I could believe Ooh. would be on there. Like that's uh -huh. yeah, okay, that's a thing to, to yeah. A bit harder to do as well, because presumably, other than right now, the the bridge yeah. is fully staffed yeah. all the time, and you're you as a cadet are going to sneak up there from science or whatever, just to pop a squat in the captain's chair, and then go run away again. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. So I've I've written. So we know that dress uniform prank is on there. I've I've written in a couple of more. Bury a dead friend. That's got to be on. <laughs> have, like, have George Kirk almost yeah. die in front of you. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah. Kill, kill George yeah. Kirk. That's got yeah. to be on there. Um, but then we get uh, the two at the end, which, which we can talk about uh, as as we get yeah, to them. Yeah, yeah. But as Laan and 
Una are doing all this, they kind of realise they're not having as much fun as yeah. they should be. And in part of that is because they're breaking rules that they've set. They're not doing anything. You know, someone catches them. What's yeah, going to happen? Exactly. They're going to go like, I'm the, I'm the first officer. You know, fuck off. We're the first and second officer. As long as Pike doesn't catch us and say like, why, you know, why are you sitting in my chair? A chair that you normally sit on anyway. Why are you replicating yeah. durian fruit? Why have you got a trim yeah. on board? You know, it, nothing's really going to happen to them. So they need to do something that is beyond um, legally allowed for them anyway. Not legally, but, you know. Fine. Hijinks. Yeah, have a word, hijinks. A word, that comes up, a word that comes up a few times in this episode. Yeah. Hijinks is fine. Yeah. So whereas the last two on the list are supposedly put an EV suit on and walk outside the ship mm. and then sign the oldest piece of hull. Yeah. So the one that hasn't been replaced that they call the scorch yeah that's cool um, that's i like that that's that's nice yeah is that is, so is that on the underside of the di- of the saucer is that when they're doing their mag hanging yeah I, maybe I, I thought it was on top but i i, I honestly don't know it maybe. could it could very easily be on well the i mean bottom. it's space so um, like no matter what way the ship is oriented no matter what way you're oriented you are essentially hanging on the ship because without the mag boots yeah. you are going to fall off it you're going to okay so looking it's it's right in front of the um the view screen the view screen the window nowadays no um so they're on the top of the yeah yeah uh, still like i say 360 degrees of space that's that's hanging yeah but that's got to be a yeah. hard one to do as well the same as sneak onto the captain's chair if you're a cadet if you're on the bridge, mm. you know, if you're Pike on the bridge and you just see someone, like, walk off into the middle of the saucer in front of you, you're like... Yeah, with no suit. With no with no EV suit yeah. on. And they're just like... Uh, uh. So, yeah, Una and Lan have decided, let's challenge themselves and do something that is actually reckless. And they've gone out there, no EV suit, they've just made the shields hold atmosphere yeah. or whatever. That's cool. That's very Which cool. is, you know, interesting. I don't think we've seen someone walking on the outside of a, a ship like that, you know, with atmosphere. Nope. Yeah, man, really yeah. wonderful imagery when you, you know, when we get to that sort of, when we really get to that moment, it's 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 a nice moment. And, you know, they, they sign the deck plate and that's pretty much the C-plot done. Really. Yeah, yeah. Just, it's very lighthearted. Not... Too much character growth for for Laan or or Una, but like you know, they're pals. Mm. They're yeah. they're palling about. Shows their friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No hard feelings after. I'm pretty sure they both knocked each other out a couple of weeks ago. So should we go to the the A and B plot, which is let's go way back to the start. Yeah, we back, got... back to Spock. Back to Spock and his fiance. Rewound. Um, we've got Spock. With Tapring is over, and Spock's got to do his duties. So he says, "You know, you stay in my quarters. I'm going to be back by dinner. Um, look at me go to work, and and do all that." We run into Pike's talking to April with, with Spock, and you know, um, Uhura just taking notes, saying barely anything for the episode um, about oh this race that we want to become allies with because they are strategically important they're between Klingon space 
and Romulan space. Um, that's our like corridor through. That's our our corridor through to the Beta Quadrant. Yeah. So we kind of need them. It's, it sounds very important. Um, yeah. Important enough that I would have thought we would have heard of them before now, but maybe we don't know how yeah. it all pans out. This is a prequel. For all we know, Romulan and Klingon tensions get so so big that their space, their corridor in between, yeah, gets absolutely massacred. Yeah, maybe that. Yeah. Maybe it just becomes the demilitarized zone. Yeah. Mm. Um, but this this race and the the main guy in it is called Voss, I believe, like mm. Voss Water. Mm. Um, and he he tried to he was working with an Andorian previously, trying to who was trying to make them an ally. Yeah, and he's shouting at the Indorian, and you know, wow, you know, yeah, I, why, why do they ever do this shit? I, I enjoyed that. Like, well, carry on, carry yeah. on. And I forgot to say the Rongovians as well. It, it would have been nice to see the front Rongovians. of a uh, of the Andorian, uh, not the Andorian. Um, no, I was going to say it was, was the Telluride. That's what. Yeah, that's why yeah, I had um, Babel One listed because obviously that's how yeah. you interact with the Telluride. They're gruff. They're yeah. rude. Um, and there's mm-hmm. that scene in um, Enterprise where um, Hoshi's sort of, you know, giving Archer notes Schooling on his... Archer. Yeah, giving him notes on yeah. his Tellarite presentation. Um, but he's being shouted down in that scene. And uh, you're like, oh, okay. And um, April's saying to Pike, you know, it's it's your your time to do this now. And Pike's in his lovely green wraparound. Yeah, it is, um, yeah I'm emulating it. With mine, I've, I put on a black one because I only own a black one, but also goth. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't yeah. find my um, TOS era badge, so... I, I thought, you know, it, a fine enough update. I, I, I don't prefer it as much as, you know, the other uh, uniforms of that, that they've updated. I think it still looks better than the TOS version. I prefer the TOS version. Really? really? There's something there's something off about it. Maybe it's too dark a green. You're wrong. Well, quite possibly, quite possibly. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's good to see Pike in different costumes. That shows that it wasn't yeah, just yeah, Kirk yeah. <laughs> saying, right, I'm I'm choosing green today. I want I want I want some of I want some of this going on on yeah. my on my fucking workplace. Yeah, standard issue uniform. But where was Pike? Where was Pike's chest? He's wearing, you know, a fairly uh, high black t-shirt underneath it. Yeah, because like, he's Pike. not a douchebag. Well, yeah, because he's not a douchebag, so he's not like getting his fucking chest out. Yeah. Um, uh, it was nice to see Robert April. Robert yeah. April back. I, I wrote a note here. Mm. Um, Robert April, more like Robert May. Am I right? Because it's because it's May. But then I'm like, no, it's June. Robert June. It's June the second. Yeah. So it'd be Robert June. Robert Dune. Robert Dune. 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 But uh, these, this race of Rongovians um, and their ambassador have arrived early, and they Rongovians, more like Rongindians. That's another one. That's another one. Bing. Put that up on the board. I'll, I'll. there you go. Um, Set them up and I'm knocking them down. They they want to start, you know, talking stuff through now. So Spock's like, oh, shit, I'm supposed to be somewhere. And they, they have this first, you know, set of talks with them where Pike mm. is, you know, they're, they're overly friendly to Pike. Like, right, uh, Pike's an overly friendly guy. 
and you know around this time i'm just like pack, pack, yeah yeah that's it like they're, they're walking you're they're, everyone's ready to like uh, yeah. everyone's ready for them to start kicking off for mm. no reason pike just smiles and greets them and they kind of adjust yeah oh and vaso's nice even doing like the the slap on the um slap on the arm oh good mates mm. sort of yeah. stuff with pike yeah yeah so you know and uh, and then and 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 his mate is uh, is mirroring spock he immediately yeah. is like you're the vulcan right mm. oh okay i'll do the thing yeah all all these talks make it so and the talks seem to go well from pike's perspective and whatever um but it means that spock arrives late later than he said to to pring that he would and to pring's already put out about spock having a duty that is separate to or he 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 values his duty to the enterprise more than he values her it's her thought and you know he's proved it yeah. again by not coming home when he said he would yeah yeah um yeah she's you know it's it's a it's a tale as old as time yeah you know you know uh the, the underappreciated spouse mm. you know or the or the the overworked spouse you know from from Tpring's point of view you know she's you know, her spouse is, is off, you know, she doesn't get his sort of call to duty, so she just kind of sees it as, like, he's spending all his time at work. Yeah. You know, yeah. not enough time with me. Yeah. Ponfaring. Ponfaring. Or, you know, if not ponfaring, just getting down to business, you know. Um, mm. So, Spock's in trouble and goes to see his sounding board of the episode. You know, interesting that he didn't go to Pike, you know, one of his best mates. He goes to Chapel. Or, or no, sorry. Uh, Chapel goes to him, I, I should say. Tra- Chapel's down, you know, relaxing. And she's gone to um, fuck a guy, really. Yeah, she's meeting some... I'm like, who's this fucking douche? This guy's like, oh, you're so hot, like fire. I'm like fire. We're both like, I'm like fire. fire. I'm just like, well, so I've got what? that noted down in my fucking notes that Jesus. I'm like fire. Yeah. What a fucking bell end. <laughs> yeah. Just what a. Did you, did you also catch that Chapel is uh, bi, at least? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, t- I totally, like, I, I called that the moment we met her in the first episode. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, it's easy, easy to spot. But, but this Lieutenant Dever is wanting more than just hooking up. So they've met in a bar and Chapel is saying, you know, let's go let's go now to like my quarters and let's get it on. And Deva wants to have dinner and, you know, meet and have a relationship. And Chapel is like, Oh no. What have I got Sorry, into? mate. No. Like you can't you can't come out with that kind of fuckboy energy and then be all like feelings. I'm like fire. <laughs> no. 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 Yeah. Sorry mate. Pick a fucking lane. You can you can say you're like fire and be trying to fuck. Yeah. You can't be like I'm like fire. Don't you want to marry mm. me? It makes me wa- wonder where um, Roger Corbin is now. Do you remember Roger Corbin from what was it? Roger or Robert Corbin from TOS? Because Chapel in TOS for at least you know first couple of episodes or whatever is engaged to a dude who makes robots. And is ultimately replaced by a robot. Oh yeah, that's what I was. I was trying. I, I, I was trying to remember. I was like, does she have? Does does the robot husband yeah. already exist? Or so is presumably it, like, that's not 
on at the moment. You know, that so like, he's got to, yeah, Chapel's got to mm. find and, um, uh, you know, find and get engaged to him at some point after this. Unless they're, they're that open a relationship, yeah. that, you know, it, it's the twenty whatever century, twenty second century, twenty third century for them. So yeah. they, they could be allowed. Yeah, there's uh, there's uh, a great deal of argument that most of the DS nine cast are in some sort of polyamorous yeah. um, enclave. You know, maybe polyamory is uh, is is the way of the future. Maybe we've taken a few notes out of the Denobulans book. Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly, um, but. Una wants to get not Una. Uh, Chapel wants to get out of you know, same actress in TOS. Uh, wants to get out of the conversation yeah. and spots Spock yeah. and says, "Oh, I've uh, got to see my friend." He's looking all sad. Yeah. He's, he's all he's sad. Looking all sad. He walks away from. Yeah, he's 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 walked away from both meetings with his fiance. Just kind of like, yeah. kind of reminds me of that. Um, the scenes from Arrested Development where the Bluth boys are like walking down the street and there's mm. and there's the Charlie Brown music playing and they've just got their head down and they're just yeah. poor Spock poor Spock um, follow Spock yeah. so Chap- Chapel's talking to him and Spock's explained what's happened to Chapel and that's where she starts being his sounding board for the episode really on relationship advice and you yeah. know that there's a bit of flirting backwards and forwards with you know Chapel and Spock yeah a bit of playful yeah. Things she gives him a little smack. Yeah, um, they're talking about you know, you know, mutual. That's stuff. how I know a girl likes me <laughs> when she smacks me in the face. Yeah, um, they're, they're talking about the the pets. So Spock mentions his um, sealet, which sealet, yes, Ichaya. Yeah, um, from who we saw in the TAS episode yesteryear. Written, I believe, by DC yeah. Fontana. So yep. that's it's one of the reasons why that's actually a very good episode because it was written by one of the uh, the yeah. best writers that Star Trek ever had. Yeah, my my favorite of the TA, TAS episodes, I think, yesteryear was. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it's always great to bring that up again. And you know, um, Chapel's talking about you've got to have you've got to show that you're doing a mutual sacrifice and. To Pring's probably sacrificing more than you are at the moment because you keep on having a juicy and you're not showing that you're committed. Mm. Um, which, you know, rich of her considering she's just run away from commitment. But there you go. Never mind. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that's that's the thing, you know. Um, some people are good at giving advice but not good at following yeah. it. Um, Chapel definitely seems like that kind of person. Mm. I'm that kind of person, <laughs> Yeah, I give great advice. Honest, um, I'm not good at following it. No, uh, but she's you know she's got a point. Yeah, you know, a relationship is work. A relationship takes hard work. Yeah, um, and if you want to maintain a relationship when you have a hard job as well, then the work to maintain that relationship is gonna is gonna get harder exponentially. Hmm. You know, you know, ends that with a, a nice piece with what are friends for. And Spock is, you know, going, what? Like pretending he doesn't get that it's a rhetorical question. Just having a little flirt with um, Chapel, you know. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, that, there was a, something I noted in that conversation, which is when he's, when Spock is telling Chapel about his dream. Mm. And he says, he fr- the way he frames it, he says, he had a fight with his human side. 
But in the dream, mm. you're very like we see like you know it from Spock's point of view leading into the dream, and he turns human. Yeah, and then is approached by his Vulcan side. It's you know when you when you watch that dream sequence, that's he's not having a fight with his human side. He's having a fight with his Vulcan side. Yeah, um, and I think that's very much sort of like it says a lot about the the, the struggle that he is having internally mm. with him with himself because like his human side is is part of what's allowing him to to succeed in the way that he is doing in Starfleet. You know, it's allowing yeah. him to form relationships and it's allowing him to sort of push himself in a lot of ways. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's his Vulcan side that is, you know, he probably feels as though it's, it's kind of holding him back. Um, yeah. But, you know, that's probably just, you know, anxiety regarding his relationship as well, you know. He's probably sort of feeling a little bit of animosity toward Pring. Mm. Um, just you know, not not out of any sense of like actually having a grudge or like actual problem. It's just to Pring's kind of being a bit overbearing. Um, she's 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 yeah, she's kind of trying to. Well, well, to Pring's enforcing his worry. A, yeah. So he has a nightmare before that she arrives, um, saying, you know, oh, she's not going to want to marry me because I am part human, yeah. and then. She arrives and says, you know, these quarters are decorated like a human's quarters, pretty much. And he's got to be like, oh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so it is, it is his, his Vulcan side that he's clearly, you know, wrestling mm. with. Um, but it's, you know, it's, you know, like, like Chapel says to him later on in the episode, like, you know, Vulcans might not be good at lying in the human mm. way, but, you know, maybe they're pretty good at lying to themselves. Yeah. But, but Spock comes up with the idea and poses it to, to Pring of doing a soul-sharing. So share each other's katra. You, you sit down on a mat, say some magic words, um, touch hands, and share each other's katra. It was a real stupid scene. That, that was real... Hama shama lama ding dong. Like, it was all a bit... It was all a bit... Um, it reminded me a bit like... Um, just evangelical talking in tongues gobbledygook mm. yeah and you know once again the universal translator doesn't bother um, translating anything the only way I can reconcile that in my head is the universal translator must be able to pick up on context somehow yeah mm. yeah who, who knows if, if the chant or the whatever would even work if it was translated to English or you know Federation standard. Yeah, usually when yeah, that's why yeah, that's why in like uh, you know dark fantasy they're always reading incantations in Latin and stuff because that's what it was written yeah. in. Omne seratus semidus pupidus, mm. you know. But we we end up with a oh oh no Freaky Friday situation. We've swapped bodies. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we're 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 in each other's bodies, and a, again, um, you know they be ridiculous. They try and sort Camp. this out. Great, yeah, yeah. fantastic, ridiculous sort of stuff. Um, ridiculous T A T A O S and T A S stuff, and they're trying to sort this out. They're trying to swap themselves back. Nope. 
what what must have been on the whiteboard next to body swap episode like yeah i mean i'm guessing like casino heist yeah body swap episode um it's all the tropes isn't it it's talking talk talking dog <laughs> talk, talking dog yeah. um, like... it's all the tropes and i can you think of a, a time where we've done body swap before in in track because I, I was trying to think other than the doctor yes. in charge of to, seven's body so there yeah t- um tos another one i had written down turnabout intruder turnabout there's intruder, that woman course. and kirk yeah. they 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 I, yeah i should have had that written down earlier turnabout intruder if you like turnabout intruder you will like this episode yeah. who who likes um, turnabout intruder though <laughs> i love it it's ridiculous it's yeah. terrible it's one of the worst episodes of star trek but you know much like the star wars holiday special mm. Got a special place in my heart, yeah. um, and there's also Body and Soul with in Voyager when um, is that uh, Seven Doctor Seven of yeah. Nine? Yeah, I mean Seven doesn't go into Doctor's yeah. body, I don't no. think, but 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 the Doctor goes into Seven's mm. body. Um, so yeah, but we've got you know these guys are trying to sort it out, and then Chris Pike is knocking at the door. Um, and you know what happens in maybe every body horror uh, body swap movie where it's like oh no you answer the door you're me you have to that's Quick, the door trick pretend yeah. yeah you pretend you you think like yeah they could have they could have taken it up a notch and had like had Spock in to bring's body be in the next room and she's like feeding him lines yeah. into an earpiece could have done mm. that um but, but, but in uh, it, like I, I do like that they they um, they try, they try to sort of bullshit Pike, yeah. and they they quickly see that this is that's probably going to be a bad idea. And that, that was my favorite comedy bit of the episode. Say, where, yeah. where to bring Spock into Pring's body says um, something like, uh, you know, it's she she keeps calling him Captain for one, um, messing that up. And it's like Spock would be um, Spock will answer that, or Spock would have uh, do that, and he is right here. Yeah, <laughs> and Pike just looks yeah. at it. Um, like, like, yeah, what the fuck's happening here? Yeah, love that. I know, like you know, if if he, if they hadn't come clean, then Tabring would be looking extra overbearing, yeah. literally speaking for Spock. And then they they tell Chris and say, "Oh, now we've told you, you can clearly tell by our mannerisms." Yeah. And, they're both Vulcan, so he's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> sure. Yeah, totally. Uh, totally. They're, they're completely, yeah. totally, 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 dude. And get out of town. I like that. We like, are not in um, town. Yeah, get, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great yeah. line. Uh, yeah, the, um, I like that they were just like, right, let's just explain that we have been body mm. swapped. This must happen sometimes. Yeah. You know, it's like the in in the in one of the first like there's that time loop episode in in season one of TNG, mm. and in the first time it happens, like Picard gets out of the lift and he's having a conversation with someone, and then they turn around the corner, and then he comes back out of the lift again, and they're having that conversation, and he just stops, he's like, "Ooh, okay," yeah. he just goes, "Bleep, bleep, oh, beep, beep," he goes, "Bleep," um, I just experienced a temporal yeah. anomaly. 
And they're like, right, okay, we'll be on the lookout for time loops. Well, I always think it's nice in Star Trek as a whole. These things must happen. That people just believe. If you say, you know, I had a time loop, people don't go like, okay, let's check you out medically to make sure you've not had a screw loose because, you know, everyone just goes like, okay, there's a temporal anomaly. Um, Let's investigate that temporal anomaly. And Pike does the same here where it's like, okay you've switched bodies somehow i'll believe it and go with it um you know shit must happen all the time yeah time loop again again they go to the chalkboard and you know cross off you know time loop okay yeah time loop that's on enterprise bingo um but they need pike needs spock to do the next round of the negotiations because they only want to speak to spock yeah we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to go on on the date. Mm. You're gonna have to go on the date. We get have to have to bring in Spock's body. Try and do the negotiations. Great performance, like definitely, like from Ethan Beck, like you know, playing playing yeah. a slightly different character. Yeah. Oh, I will say what my favorite my favorite line of the entire episode. Mm. Uh, but when when to bring is saying that like. You know, when they're trying to come up with a plan of how to get away with this. And she's like, this is getting dangerously close to hijinks. Yeah. And Spock says, it would appear that hijinks are the most logical course of action. Yeah. Love that line. Yes. Great. Agree with you 100% most of the time. Hijinks. Hijinks. Yeah. So Spock's in the, doing the negotiations and suddenly the, um... Vasso is all stiff-backed and being, you know, he's being Vulcan back to him. So they're Spock's yeah. doing his question and Vasso's doing response mm. sort of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. which Classic Vulcan shit. Yeah. And because it's to bring in, in Spock's body, um, when asked about, well, why join the Federation? She's obviously got a grudge against the Federation stealing her husband all the time, or husband-to-be. Yeah. So she's like, no, you, you, it is a risk to your culture, and it's a risk to um, everything being d- diluted, who you are. Yeah. And it's some fair yeah, points, to be fair. That's, you know, that's, you know, like we were saying, like, that's, that's, because T'Pring doesn't get what, why Spock is in Starfleet. She doesn't get, she doesn't get it. She doesn't get his human half. She just, she, you know, so she offloads. That's how she sees it. That's how she sees everything, mm. you know? Um, and it's great the way that, like, Pike immediately stands up and is just, like, you know, in the middle of this diplomatic mm. fucking farce. Yeah. Um, it's just like, I'm going to have to take this moment to, to stick up for my boy here. Mm. Like, no, that's not what's going on at all. And, and again, like, he, he's sticking up his... for Spock, his bezzy mate. Totally against sticking up for Spock. His, he's... Um, to Pring. Mm. You know? But like, obviously, he's, he says he's going and speaking for Spock. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's he's laying he's laying it out for mm. To Pring. And he's like, don't say that about yourself, Spock. You are not a fucking being used by the Federation. You are not wasting your time. You are valuable. You are one of the most valuable people in Starfleet, and you are a perfect example of Federation ideals. 
Yeah. And you are everything that is good about Starfleet. And, like, T'Pring is obviously like, oh, I'm shit. Well, he points, points out to T'Pring that Spock being in the Federation is a sacrifice. He is sacrificing having a life with T'Pring or having an easy yeah. life with T'Pring. Um, yeah. And spending that time away from Vulcan culture. Because I wonder if they still say Spock's the first Vulcan of any sort in, in Starfleet. Um, in the Federation to, Starfleet, yes. But yeah. in, in in but obviously in Enterprise, yeah. Starfleet is, isn't... There's no Federation and Starfleet is two words. Yeah. So it's a different organisation. Mm-hmm. They have different number plates. <laughs> yeah. NX number plate or, or yeah. SS ship. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. He, he's, he's sacrificed being around any of his people to do, to work and, and to further that ideal because he believes in the ideal. And that's all yeah. good. Absolutely. You know, um, to, to bring his, you know, she feels like he's not sacrificing enough for her. And it's like, he's, yeah. Like you say, he's he's sacrificing. Mm. It's just to bring his. It's it's very centered around herself. Um, in in a yeah. lot of ways, um, which mm. again, like I don't blame her at all. How you know, she? be you know, like I say, relationships yeah. are hard. Long distance relationships are even harder. Long distance relationships with people mm. in service very difficult. Um, but you know, Pike sticking up for Spock impresses the Rongovians. Um, to such degree that they they go off and whatever. Yeah, they 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 have um, they have a bit of a they have a bit of a short circuit moment where they're mm. just like this. Yeah, we're doing the Vulcan thing, but this isn't this is all going. This isn't how we rehearsed it. You yeah. know, in a lot of ways, so they kind of have to duck out. Uh, cut to they're on the starbase. They're on you know in the forest of the starbase and chapel. Is hanging out with Ortega, Ortegas, yes. and sees Tapring marching towards her, really, and thinks, "Oh yeah. shit, I've you know bumped in yep. the middle of this relationship, and now, oh god, um, the woman yes. of it is storming towards me." And Ortegas, quite rightly, ducks the fuck out of there. Same, same, mate. Yeah, <laughs> I'd have done the same. Mm. Yeah. Sorry, mate, but this is all on you. She looks furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I need to speak to her alone. And you go like, okay. You know, Spock's confiding in his, the one person at that point that knew what was happening with um, relationship-wise, not body swap-wise, but relationship-wise with him and T'Pring. And she, th- she probably thinks that Spock's um, told to bring that because obviously Spock's a numpty. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so she yeah. probably thinks that he's done the numpty thing. Spock's talking to Chapel and saying, you know, I've been called up and asked to bring in this criminal. I, I, I've been asked to do to Pring's work as to Pring. And pretty much Chapel's point on it is, well, if she's doing your job, why don't you yeah. use this opportunity of being body swapped to, to live in each other's shoes and you do that, her job? That whole, that whole suggestion could have gone a different way. Well, I mean, she's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you could use this opportunity to go, you know, look look at your boobies. Well, there's there's a bit of that. There's a bit of that. Where it's like, um, you know, isn't it weird being in your fiancé's body and 
Spock in to Brain's body looks down and goes like, "It is different." <laughs> and it's like, yeah, mm, different, yeah. yeah, slightly different weight distribution. Yeah, but apparently um, Spock knows how to walk in heels. You know, they don't do that trope of um, the body swap movies consistently. You know, mm-hmm. um, yeah, walking in heels is easy. Wouldn't know myself. Um, a heeled boot. I, I, I presume it's harder than a heeled boot. You just gotta. You just. It's uh, uh, as with a lot of things. I always say it's mindset. Mm. You've got to walk with purpose. And I think because like I just because I come from a military family and I've definitely walk. Yeah. Um, I, I think, think it's, it's like I I, d- I tend, tend to, to kind, kind of march when I walk anywhere, mm. and I walk very fast and I step very hard. I stomp. I think, I think stomping, stomping is what allows me to walk in high heels quite well. Because I'm just boom, boom straight, straight onto, onto it. Boom, 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 boom. boom. Yeah. Um, um, great, another great line, line from the chapel. chapel. I, I love hijinks. hijinks. Yeah. She's a hijinks person. Totally. Um, so totally. she accompanies Spock as to bring, to bring in this... To bring in, to bring, to bring, brings to bring in, who's bringing to bring? If to brings bring in the, if to brings bring in the thing, then who's bringing to bring? Exactly. Chapel in this case, I suppose. But it, and then we get, on and John, our John, the criminal, you know, so she's there to logic him into handing himself in, really. Yeah, how, how would that, have gone differently if it had been to Pring, you know, or to Pring's dog's body. Like, how how would that have gone differently? Because like that guy didn't seem like he was, he could be logicked out of something. And it does beg the question: if if that guy wasn't wasn't going to be logicked out, you know, they end up punching him and taking him while he's knocked out. But would they just stun him and take him anyway? you know, Sorry. bringing a guy in, then if he comes to you and says, like, oh, I'm not going to be brought in, you don't do that to the police. You don't go to the police station and say, like, you're not going to arrest me and then just walk out. No. <laughs> no. They tend yeah. to stop you yeah. walking out. Yeah, there's, there's a reason why Dog the Bounty Hunter always rocks up with a couple of boys and some cans of bear mace. Mm. You know? I don't, I don't understand how, how that meeting was supposed to go down. Um, the... Um, and I also don't understand what that guy's deal is. Like, is so is he? Obviously, we saw like logic extremists in Discovery. Yeah, is, is he, he like, like a, a lo- revolutionary emotion emotional revolutionary? Yeah, or something. Some... I remember they say something about it. Like, he's definitely more emotional than the typical. Yeah, he he, he says that like you know we should embrace our emotion or like we should we should. Indulge our emotions more, or, yeah. or something, you know. Like, uh, is that like, is that you should you should know that because you know you're marrying a a half human and you've got a human dog's body with you at the moment. Yeah, like what the fuck is that? Like, he's like, oh, just because I appreciate emotions doesn't mean I would marry a human. Like, what? What's your what's your what's your fucking problem, man? Like. What is his crime as well? Is his crime being emotional? Is he a, is he a criminal on, in the jurisdiction of Vulcan? Is the, are they still doing that nonsense? Yeah. 
is is the fact that he's a criminal because he enjoys the thrill of of committing crime. Yeah, it's interesting. What what's the jurisdiction on arresting someone for showing emotion in the Federation? Because they're just arresting him possibly for just showing emotion, and it's like, well, other people what, in the Federation what is have this emotion. Equilibrium? Yeah. <laughs> is, this, is this what is this Christian Bale's equilibrium? Oh, please no. Um, but he he makes the mistake of insulting Chapel, and yeah. Spock, as to Pring, knocks him the fuck out. Um, yeah, man. That's our one punch of the episode. Yeah, and like it's you know I think it was very much like the straw that broke the camel's back because that guy was a douche. He was being a horrible racist to Spock about Spock, as to Spock's face. Well, to to Pring's face. But with Spock's face underneath her face, you know, it's guy's a douche. Fucking lamp him. Yeah, but you know that Tapring's learnt about Spock, and Spock's learnt about Tapring by, you know, sharing each other's lives or whatever. Cut back to the ship and the negotiation piece. Um, mm. Pike's worked out that these guys are kind of mirroring someone's culture or someone's identity he gets up and says right i'll i'll do a piece now to to robert april and he goes Mm. and says like you know there is a risk that your culture could be diluted there is a risk from whatever there is a risk if you're joining the federation then you're going to be attacked by the klingons just for joining you know all fair points Mm -hmm. and whatever yeah but i mean like that's that's a perfect argument like if you are a white supremacist you know, because that's that's what white supremacists are worried about. They're worried about their culture being diluted, um, whatever their fucking cult- whatever culture they think they have. Ridiculous, but like, yeah, it definitely felt as though like he was basically saying like, yeah, you could be a xenophobic asshole, or you could join us in the spirit of cooperation. Yeah, and yeah. that that shows all this race wanted was someone to be empathetic to them. Yeah, you know, so mm. they they go off and um, start flying the Federation flag from their solar ship. Yeah, immediately, straight away, yeah. just like that. They, they bloody run to their ship <laughs> because it's miles Solid. away. Boom! Right, right away, the, they open the sails, and but you know, Pike after making a huge fucking gamble is just like, told you. Instantly. Instantly gratified. Convenient. Yeah, a bit convenient, but... Truncated is probably the word. You know, in your mind, you can imply maybe an hour or two went by. Yeah. And it's it's a lovely shot out the window of the Enterprise in particular. Because mm. it's, mm. it's lit up and it's looking lighter grey. So, whereas the yeah. TOS Enterprise is a bit lighter grey than the mm. Strange New Worlds one. Because it's all lit mm. up, it's it's looking a bit gray, lighter grey, and looks really nice. Obviously, that that sun, the sun sail ship, you know, very reminiscent of the um, the ship from that episode of DS Nine that that um, Cisco builds, but also kind of reminded me of I think it's Dooku's ship from Episode Two that does the same thing, does like a sail thing that goes out. It's like a bit of Star Wars in here. All right, okay, it's all right. It's nice. I don't mind a bit of Star Wars in my Star Trek or a bit of Star Trek in my Star Wars, but don't get 
Don't get too excited, guys. No crossovers here. Um, yeah. But that, that's kind of the end of the diplomatic side of it. So then we've just got to close off the, the body swap element. Mm. But before we get to close off the body swap element, I think we should, we should go back to uh, Lan and, and Una. Because as that happens, as they, you know, the, that big ship, you know, unf- its sails unfurled. Yeah. Darmok. Darmok. TNG. Lad. Um, uh, the, um, you know, after that, we cut back to Una and Laan doing their little spacewalk. And they see it fly over them. And that's a very fucking cool moment. Um, the ship from their angle, it looked like a kind of like a, like a galleon or a, like a Viking longboat, you know, wide bottom boat or like, um, like descriptions of, you know, sail barges in the sky that people always say was aliens. Maybe that's maybe, maybe aliens. Yeah, maybe aliens, you know, go with them. Maybe meme. aliens. But we're, we're back with T'Pring and Spock and Umbenga's putting, you know, weird sea urchin stuff on their head and putting little bits in to them. Yeah, sticking stuff to their faces, which, you know... It's, which it's we've said much... many times, is totally fine. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it, it's very much... A very proto cortical stimulator from Voyager or whatever. You know the mm. weird blocks yeah. that they just put on someone's head. Um, you know it's the proto version of that, and all they they're doing mm. really is shocking the capture, shocking the mind of both yeah. of them to make it um, not want to be in that body. So mm. a bit of a weird, weird kind of a weird weird explanation. It like it's kind of like I, I was thinking like does that imply that like their body swap wasn't like a full-on brain swap, more of just like a psychic channel that had been opened. Yeah, and so like because they're not touching each other when it happens as well. When it yeah, it was, so it must was it be just like of some sort? Yeah, it must. So like presumably, like I guess Spock and Tapring are still in their bodies. They're just piloting one another's bodies. Yeah. I guess. I guess. Um, um, I do like the way that, like, um, Mbenga says, you know, this is partially science, partially something else. Yeah. And Chapel says, so what, magic? And he's like, no, mind. Yeah. You know, equating the mind as something else. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, that's, that's fair. Like, we don't, we don't understand how consciousness works. We, we, we understand how the, the function and biology of the brain works, but we don't understand how the mind works. We don't understand why we have consciousness. We don't, we don't know how it works. Yeah. The, the best explanation we have for the mind is that the mind is an emergent property of the brain. The brain's natural biological functions produce consciousness somehow. Mm. And the idea that we don't fully, we still don't fully understand that hundreds of years in the future, when we have a telepathic race to, to um, sort of conference with on the subject, mm. I, I completely believe that. Like, you know, like Mbenga says, it's something else. And so he is, you know, he's kind of winging it and 
it, it kind of works out. But like, yeah, I, I totally believe that that this, that none of this would be hard science, even even by then. No, you know, it like, isn't. Well, no. Vulcans, everything when it comes to Catra is very spiritual for them as well. Mm. Like they've got the temple, they've got the robes, they do the chants. You know, it's it's spiritual stuff. Which feels completely anachronistic with the whole um, uh, Vulcan thing of logic. But there is also a lot of, you know, there's a lot to be said for the, um, the, the benefits of ritual, you know, and of, of the, um, you know, community that comes with, with practicing ritual and tradition and stuff. Yeah. You know, but shouldn't be afraid, you know, just because of the benefits that can be had from, from, from engaging in that ritual and, and from honoring those traditions doesn't mean that you should be afraid of your culture being diluted, you Vulcan supremacist. No. And the Enterprise supremacist Vulcans as well. Damn them. Yes. Um, but then we have, we have a bit of fucking going on. Yeah, yeah, Spock finally gets up. Boom. Oh, Ch- Chapel says to Spock that, you know, you know just be honest with Tupring. So they're they're sitting on the bed, and you immediately go like, "That bed's going to get used." It's Chekhov's bed. <laughs> Chekhov's bed. Well, no, it's not Chekhov's bed because it gets used. Yeah. Oh, poor. Ch- Boom! Roasted. Yeah. But Spock is saying, you know, I, I worry that you're not gonna you're not gonna want me because I'm part human, and to Pring saying, mm. you know, I, I feel like you think are. Oh, relationship is a duty it's a job for you it's not something that you want to be in yeah. you know and you're just doing it because you need to so they they hash that all that out and they get to fucking you know she doesn't not have a point but yeah nice one good on you lad yeah i mean they both they both yeah. have a point like spock has experienced in this episode the racism that some vulcans have towards him and how towards that impacts him, yeah. to pring um, yeah. So that they they both have valid points, um, and you know yeah. we we know it's not going to work out for them. Um, so in the long term, uh, sadly. But yeah, that's the thing. They both have valid points, but they they also there is also valid criticisms. In TOS, we see the conclusion of this whole thing with Tupring, where you know Spock has you know throughout all of this. He is lying to himself about whether or not he can maintain this relationship. And he ends up stringing her along for years to the point where she's perfectly happy watching him fight, you know, engage in mortal combat with Kirk. Because fuck you, you fucking, you, you strung me along for years. Him him trying to maintain this relationship, he's, he's only hurting himself and to praying in the long run. Yeah. Um, um, and that's, that's the thing, the thing we know to be true. true. And to praying, where, where to praying's coming, coming from. from. It's, it's, you know, you know it's... it's it, she's she's wanting to engage in a Vulcan existence. She's wanting to have a Vulcan marriage to a Vulcan man, and she wants her man to be Vulcan. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, you know, that in itself, it's holding on to, to this... Tradition, tradition that, that, that borders on, on, on feelings of supremacy. Yeah. You know, is she, you know it's definitely well, it, something that... It's like that marriage in culture at the moment. It's like... You know, if you've got a very traditional, you know, nowadays, let, let's say 50 years ago, if you were a, a British guy trying to marry a, um, a a Chinese woman, you know, you'd have to, you know, both be able to adapt to each other's culture and how that impacts the relationship. And, mm-hmm. 
you know, the version of that in this is the Starfleet, the Federation culture and the Vulcan culture. Whereas yeah. you know, you're supposed to be around or we're supposed to have a relationship and you're not supposed to run off for several years. And it's possibly yeah. a, a thing why we don't see more Vulcans on human ships because the relationships are supposed to be more, you know, not, uh, they're, they're supposed to be around each other a lot more and that is how their relationships go. Yeah, I mean, Tuvok took time out of Starfleet to to have a family, you know? Makes sense. And he desperately wants to get back there, you know? That, my boy, Tuvok. Yeah, man. You know. What a guy. Oh, one Be- of the best, best guy on that ship, easily. One of the best one of the best characters. Definitely the best Vul- definitely the most Vulcan Vulcan. We kind of end the episode with Chapel and Ortegas having another chat. Um Chapel's broken up with Deva, Depfer. Um Douchebag. The, the I'm fire guy. I'm a fire. You're a fire. We're fires together. I will set you on fire. Get out. And Chapel saying, you know, she's looking for <coughs> uh, the right guy or lo- looking for love in all the wrong places, you know, and she's she's got a bit of the hots for Spock now, which, you know. Yeah. She was, she's, I, I think that um, there's, I, I, so I, I read a bit of meaning, the song that's playing, it's, it's singing, you know, looking for all, love in all the wrong places, looking for love in all the wrong faces. Um, and while that song is playing, Chapel is having a conversation with Ortegas. Mm. Um, Ortegas being the one that mentions uh, Chapel having a dalliance with another with another girl. Ortegas has that vibe, if you know what I'm saying. You know, maybe Chapel is looking for love in all the wrong places. Maybe Chapel should be looking directly in front of her at Ortegas, um, and maybe Ortegas is going to tell Chapel that. She has feelings for her just before she dies. I don't think she's going to die, mate. She's going to survive. Telling you, man. Telling you. But but we know Chapel anyway has the hots or had the hots for Spock in TOS anyway. The second mm. she gets naked yeah. nowed, she's she goes to Spock. In TAS, she specifically gives Spock a love potion and tries to get it on with Spock. So it's nothing new Creepy. as well. Yeah. Don't, Creepy. That's don't not give people said. love potions. Don't don't try and. You're a medical people. professional. Yeah, don't try and fuck people that don't want to fuck you. It's you know strong advice. No, no dosing people. Yeah. Without their knowledge. Yeah. Please, if we can, media, stop doing it. And you know, episode end. Great episode. Lot of fun. Um. What 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 did you have as your um? Is there a, a meaning or whatever behind the episode? You know, like we've been saying, there is. There are points that are had by um, T'Pring wanting, Vul- you know, she wants her Vulcan existence. She wants her Vulcan life. She, let, you know, she does. She presents as not quite being into the idea of um, her partner's Vulcan existence being jeopardized by being diluted by the Federation. Um, that sentiment is mirrored by the the wrongins, and then not wanting to, um, you know, to have their culture diluted. 
Um, but the the flaw in both of those thinking, like I say, is that it's 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 vaguely um, it's it's thinly veiled supremacy. Um, but a lot, you know, if you look around the world today, a lot of people that have those strong kind of right wing views, they you know they they feel like the world is moving on without them, and they like traditional values. Um, and they, they obviously don't, they, you know, I, I've met some old, um, white men in my time. They definitely feel left behind by society in a lot of ways. Um, but that's just kind of how society works. When we, when we build a society together, when we, when we join in these cooperative efforts, it's, it's not about diluting everything it's about um you know the, the 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 vulcan saying infinite diversity in infinite combinations it's all about it's all about coming together and growing together and moving forward um the, and that you know that same sentiment about you know the wrongans joining the federation you know is reflected back at the relationship with with spock and to praying that like sh- if they want their relationship to be successful going forward, they have to do the same. They have to learn to um, meet each other in the middle in a way and um, to reconcile one another's sort of anxieties with each other. Yeah. And, yeah. and for, the, for your link to the old white men, you know, the, the let me finish the sentence before you interrupt as well, because I'm going to say they're right to feel that... Um, you know, they're being left behind. But why they're feeling left behind, they're thinking that things were better in the past and that must be attributed to having the values that they had in the past or having the values that the country had in the past. Where really yeah. society is rotten and, you know, the mm-hmm. things are getting worse and worse. You know, there's a reason why nowadays 100% of people that get tested have microplastics in their blood. There's a reason why people are going hungry, starving, dying. There's a reason why we're constant anxiety of, of war or whatever. And, you know, society to that degree is rotten. So they're, they're right to feel that something's off with society, but it's not necessarily that, that someone, you know, looks a bit different to you or, you know, wears a different type of clothes or has a different culture. Yeah. The um, there was a the, you know I work in a restaurant where we have mobile ordering, and you know some, sometimes we get older customers who really struggle and we have to help them a lot. You can tell they feel kind of left behind. Yeah. You know, a little while ago there was a, there was a customer. She was a cool customer, so you know sometimes you can get away with saying some shit to some customers that you can't get away with saying to other people. And she was like, "What about like when old people come into the restaurant?" And I just I kind of blurted out. Um, the company doesn't really care about old people. They probably don't. <laughs> yeah. The company doesn't care about old people. The company cares about the young people who understand the mobile ordering system, who can come in, boom, boom, order stuff. You know, a lot of young people, headphones in. Everyone's got social anxiety nowadays. They get a young person in who knows that they can go to that restaurant and not actually say a word to anyone. Yeah. And just sit and order everything on the phone, eat and leave. Mm-hmm. You've got a customer for, for life. Yeah. You know? To to an extent, yes. They you know, certain people who have that certain mindset, they do have a right to be anxious and, and a, to feel like they're being left behind. Because in a lot of ways they are. 
Yeah. Um, but but there's also a reason why the, that mode of thinking is being left behind. There's a reason why whenever people, you know, like when you're shooting the shit at work and someone says, oh, if you could go back in time to any time in history, when would you go back? And I always say, I wouldn't. I would go to the future. I wouldn't. No time in the past has ever been better to, to live in like now. Like, yes, like the, the world is on, on fire, fire now. now. But, but it, it was, was also like, like filled, filled with like, like fear, fear about, about communists. communists. You know, and like we didn't have medicines, and like fuck, go. Oh yeah, I'd like to go back to the old west. Well, well, I hope I you hope never have to go see a fucking doctor. doctor. Yeah, like, like yeah, like everyone thinks that they're going to be like, work, the you know the king of the castle in the old west and be the famous gunslinger or whatever. You're you're probably going to no. um, have toothache the first day, then your mouth will rot off the second day because you can't get proper medical attention. Um, yeah. you'll have to do a very de demanding job um, you know physically demanding job and then someone's going to come yeah, around and shoot you, you. if you have modern sensibilities you know where we live in a civilised civilised we don't all kill each other all the time like if you aren't ready if you are not ready to engage in throwing an axe at someone then you shouldn't be going to the middle ages yeah do you know what do you know how I would have died in any other period of time in history, mm. eczema. <laughs> yeah, eczema. Very, right? Yeah. I would have got an infection, an infection in my skin in childhood and died. Yeah. Like the, in any other period of time in history. Mm. Or asthma. I would have. My throat would have closed up after fucking. Running in a field. Yeah. Like, no. Leave that shit behind. To quote the Star Trek Star Wars movie. Let the past die. Yeah. Except Star Trek doing Star Trek except doing Star Trek prequels. Yeah. That's that's this We'll this have we'll have a several several more of them before the yeah. end of the decade. Yeah. Uh. That's turning out to work out, so keep that bit of the past. Yeah. Um, but like fucking jingoist fucking imperial fucking capitalist nonsense mm. get fucked and my, my uh, was there a meaning behind the episode was put yourself into someone else's shoes and mm. try and see things as different people would and maybe you'll come out with more knowledge or a better understanding because that's what mm -hmm. Una and La'an do. They, they put themselves in the shoes of the cadets um, and, you know, have a bit of fun in the end and, and see something mm -hmm. amazing. Um, yeah. You've got Pike and talking to the... Uh, and whatever it is, Angorians or whatever. Um, you know, they're constantly putting each... Um, the The Rungans or whatever. They're putting themselves yep. into... Who whatever ambassador's shoes that they see um, mm -hmm. to try and, you know, work out. And all they want is to someone to have their view. And when Pike does that to them, it's all aces. And then obviously you've got the body swap and working each other's jobs and, you know, getting a better understanding of, of who your partner is by 
putting yourself literally in that case in their shoes and and doing a bit of that. So yeah, I thought mm. I do like when an A B and you know C story the the thematically it lines up. Yes. You know. So I, I I did like that. I did like that. Yeah man. So like your your main takeaway is it's more of a it's more about Hegelian dialectic. It's more about, you know, <coughs> thesis meets antithesis um, and creates the third one. It's it's the idiom or idiom of, um, you know, put yourself in someone's shoes or walk a mile in someone's shoes and um, either you understand them or you're a mile away from them synthesis. with their shoes on. Synthesis. Sorry. Synthesis. Sorry. Yeah. Thesis meets antithesis. They formed synthesis. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, that that was um, Spock Amok. Um, yeah, great episode. So much fun. Great pacing. Yeah. Great pacing. Obviously, like you know, Pike's quick turnaround um, was was a bit jarring. Um, obviously, dorky jokes were a bit yeah dorky. Um, but all in all, yeah, fun. Great examples of some cowboy diplomacy. Lots of cowboy diplomacy throughout this. You know, Pike winging it and just saying like, "Yeah, we're we're a fucking mess, but we're stronger together. Apes together strong." When he when Spock sucks them, more cowboy diplomacy. And I think it'll be interesting. You know, the the great thing at the moment is we're getting episodic stories, but we're still getting characters are still evolving through those stories so it's going to be interesting as we see or if we see the chapel spock piece and spock to bring how they evolve in mm. you know future episodes future seasons you know that that piece because you know it's all Absolutely. character building good stuff mm. how would you do it in your rankings how about that um so this five episodes okay. in so before I was where I was, I was episode one, mm. episode four, two, three. Yeah. So yeah, I would say that this is joint first. Really? Okay. Or maybe, or maybe a close second. Man at the moment are um, top at number four um, is number four. Then episode uh, one, um, so Strange New Worlds. Then Children of the Comet, Comet episode two. Then Ghost mm. Area, and then at the bottom this one. Just because I think the you know this isn't not a strong episode, but the other episodes I, I did probably prefer. Oh, I I enjoy I I just I I thoroughly enjoyed the 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 silliness of this episode like. This episode is definitely, this is the most fun. This is the most fun episode of the season so far. And it's a lot of fun. Um, I guess in that regard, like, you could you could also list this on a playlist of Star Trek episodes that are just fun. You know, Magnificent Ferengi. Um, Picard on Risa. Yeah. All the Ferengi episodes. Magnificent Ferengi is my favourite. Little Green Men, obviously, is great. Um, the um, Prophet and Lace. Yeah. When Quark becomes his mother. Yeah. Which, in many ways, I'm terrified of turning into my mother. Um, so, I guess I maybe... 
maybe don't put profit and lace in the fun episodes or maybe put like deep existential dread episodes yeah um but yeah that this episode goes in with those um in many ways and until um, next week really yeah until next week um you know we we can you know we we will try and keep in mind always always be looking to to reach as far across the table as as need to be in order to meet in the middle um uh, uh in life um but uh Until next time, um, you know, signing off yeah. from... Um, Live long and prosper, motherfuckers. Peace out. And fuck the queen! <laughs>